Hey, you guys, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast. Today is Wednesday, the 17th of April. This is episode number 754. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about emotional arguments, and I'm going to encourage you to stop making emotional arguments for spiritual problems. This is week three of our study at MomStrong International, Defining Discernment. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So we're out on the road. Our family is taking a little bit of time today in the Grand Canyon. And uh, this was something we wanted to do with our kids as we drove home. And uh, and we're excited about that. You know what? I've been to the Grand Canyon before, but several of our younger children have not been. And it's always amazing to me every time I visit that place that that God is just that he was big enough to do that that he was big enough to do that. We've been talking about evidences of the flood. Anywhere you go, the Bible teaches us that creation speaks for the creator. We learn in Romans that we are without excuse because the evidences of God's power are all around us. We know that we have a creator. And as I'm always saying here at the podcast, having a creator changes everything. One of the things that I talked about in Waco this last week and before that it answers in Genesis uh, and before that it teach them diligently in Nashville was this idea that we are called as men and women to rightly divide the word of God, to be able to divide the word of truth, to be able to share it, to be able to stand on it. And we're struggling to do that right now in a culture of biblically illiterate Christians. And as I've been traveling and I love, I, I love the opportunity that, that the Lord has given my husband and myself and our children to go around and just encourage people to walk rightly with the Lord. I'm reminded every day of the importance in my own life of staying close to the Word of God and engaging with His Word every single day. The Bible teaches us that we are in an epic struggle against good and evil, right? The Apostle Paul, speaking to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, reminds us we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. This fight is against the rulers and authorities and cosmic powers over this present darkness, spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. And then he tells us how to fight the the battle. He says, for though we live in the world, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses three to five, for though we live in the world, we don't wage war like the world does. You see, the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds and we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And then what do we do? We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You've heard me say this before, and I'm going to say this again. Satan is strategic. You have a strategic adversary. He's no dummy. He understands that this is war, right? In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, we're, we are instructed to be on the alert. Peter said, you have an adversary, the devil, and he prowls around like a roaring lion, literally seeking someone to devour. And yet so often we pretend as if the adversary doesn't really exist. We don't read our Bibles. Or those of you who are homeschooling, you make the mistake of elevating academics over the spiritual uh, well-being and the spiritual instruction of your children. And can I just encourage you not to do that? Don't do that. I had a mom ask me the other day. She said, you know, Heidi, I, I just want to be sure that I get through all of these, uh, all of the the academics that we have to do every day. And I feel like if I do this other thing, I'm not going to have enough time. And oh my goodness, 
My response is simply this. If we treat, if we teach our children all of the knowledge that the world has to offer and we give them the most amazing education and we make sure that those kids get into Harvard, but we don't teach them to rightly divide the word of truth and we don't teach them to use discernment in their everyday lives, then really what we're doing is kind of for nothing. It's kind of for nothing. And Paul noticed that this was happening in the church in Corinth. And so in 2 Corinthians 11, he said to them, listen, you guys, I'm afraid for you. I'm afraid for you because just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, I'm afraid that your minds might somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. You see, in the church of Corinth, there were a whole bunch of false apostles roaming around trying to undo the work of Paul. They were teaching false theology. They were sowing dissension in the church. And you need to be on guard. Jesus came to set the captives free, but Satan wants to come and take you right back into captivity. And so as you think about it with me, how did Satan deceive Eve? Well, he transformed himself into an angel of light. And this is the number one tactic in Western civilization right now is deception. In other places, it's persecution. In other places, it's poverty. Church, you got to wake up. Because when you listen to false teaching, you're no less a prisoner than if you were in an actual prison cell, unable to move from your place of confinement. And what happens so often is the culture in the culture right now is we make, we're making emotional arguments. We're making emotional arguments for everything. I listened uh, to Beto O'Rourke. I mean, that guy, he's a master at what he's doing. I watched a lot of his ads and he was saying, you know what, you guys, that, that the opposition is saying that I, that I believe this and I believe that, but really I love you guys. He gets on his skateboard. I just think you're awesome. Whether you're Republican or Democrat or progressive or conservative, come together. It's all the same thing. Cue the music. Doesn't actually, he played to their emotions and he almost won. It's incredible. We have elevated emotion in the culture right now to a place of idolatry, really, in our lives. And we're allowing ourselves to be uh, sucked into these emotional arguments. And I see it everywhere. I see it in the church. I see it on college campuses. I see it in the homeschool community. We got to knock it off. We got we to be careful. When we allow our worldview to be influenced by our emotions, we're in dangerous territory. So situational reasoning, and that's what we've been talking about at the study this week at MomStrong International, situational reasoning is experiential, right? It's impacted by previous events, by current situations that we find ourselves in, by fears, and by people that we love who are involved in the situation. And this type of emotional reasoning can be driven by whether or not we've had enough sleep that week, whether we're uh, in the middle of a cycle, our hormones are all messed up. It can be driven by uh, menopause. Ask me how I know, (laughs) right? It can be driven by lots of things. Maybe we're feeling extra pressure from an unrelated situation. And so it's, it's clouding our judgment for the situation that we're currently in, or maybe we're battling a sin problem in another area of our lives. On the other hand, biblical reasoning, as opposed to emotional or situational reasoning is based on building our house and how we treat other people on the cornerstone, Jesus. You see, truth is not subjective. 
And you're going to hear the truth is subjective. Oprah Winfrey is going to tell you it's subjective. Rob Bell is going to tell you it's subjective. Lots and lots of pastors right now and Christian uh, authors and bloggers and women who claim to be Christians who are writing New York Times bestselling authors are really using emotion and they're peddling a false form of truth. You see, truth is found in the word of God. And in fact, the Bible teaches us the truth is God. In John 14, Thomas cries out to Jesus and he says he doesn't have enough information about the situation to feel steady. Do you guys ever feel that way? But biblical reasoning takes us beyond emotion and it draws us to truth in the person of Jesus Christ. And in John 14 verses five to six, we learn he is all the information that we need. So I want to ask you a question. Is God trustworthy because our experience tells us that he is or simply because he is? And oftentimes our experiences, they'll align with the truth of his character, but his character isn't absent if something uh, isn't absent of something because we don't feel our experience backs it up. And in an experiential driven, in an emotional driven culture, the church needs to be very careful. God's people need to be very, very careful to go back to God's word in a broken and fallen world where we are literally gripped in sin, there's going to be pain. There's going to be sorrow. We live in a broken world. And these things don't mean that God isn't true or that his framework has changed at all. So at MomStrong International, the study, if you haven't downloaded it, I want to encourage you to do it. You can find us at MomStrongInternational.com. We're going to look at the heart of man that the Bible teaches us in Psalms is desperately wicked. And we're just going to explore some of the ways that emotional reasoning is a dangerous, slippery ground. In Mark chapter 7, verses 21 to 23, we read that, that, that the, that's wickedness, really, that comes from the heart, right? The Bible teaches us that God is the source of truth. And as believers, we want to be going always, always, always back to the Bible, back to the Word of God. This is where the transgender movement is coming from. It's coming from a place of emotional reasoning. Like even science can't back it up, right? And we've traded God's truth for another kind of truth, and suffering then is the sure result. This is a lack of discernment. You heard me say this before when I saw Bruce Jenner on the cover of Vanity Fair magazine. I looked at my husband and I said, this man has no friends. Because someone who really loved him would say, Bruce, you're struggling. I can see that, but this is not the answer to your struggle. This is not going to help you find victory and find fulfillment in your life. This is a lie. And we know in our hearts that it's a lie. I read an article uh, in the New York Post uh, from March 14th of 2017, and it showed a mother and a daughter who had decided to switch roles. And the, and the, the mother became the father and the son became the daughter. So messed up. And yet churches and Christians were saying, hey, we need to meet these guys where they are. Yeah, meet them where they are, but then tell them the truth. We've got to know and cling to what God says is true. In Romans chapter 1, verse 20, 25, it says they traded the truth about God for a lie. And so they worshiped and served the things that God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of praise. You've heard me say this before, but I believe we're living in an incredible time in human history. A perfect storm, right? We live in the most, uh, the most incredibly deceived generation that I can remember, and a generation of biblically literate Christians. And by that, I mean men and women who who claim the name of Jesus, but who don't know his word and can't defend it. 
The Bible teaches us that we can absolutely know what is true. We can know what is true because we go to the word of God. The Bible teaches us that God defines truth. Psalm 119, verse 160, all your words are true. All your righteous laws are eternal. John 17, 17, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Psalm 25, verse 5, the second half says, guide me in your truth and teach me. You see, God knows that if we don't go to his word, we're going to be prone to trusting our human reasoning, our human emotion. We're going to be trusting that that the world can figure this out. And the Bible teaches us that we need to go back to the word of God. You see, our society right now in so many ways, particularly where we're we're dealing with uh, this lie, this bold-faced lie of gender neutrality, uh, the society really is celebrating psychosis. We're celebrating psychotic behavior, and it's insane in and of itself. And we're doing this because of emotion, right? We're doing this because of emotion, because we don't want to go back to the truth of the word of God. God said in his word, I created them male and female in my image. Listen, mom and dad, point your kids to the truth. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 to 5, we're instructed to preach the word of God, whether the time is favorable or not. Paul said a time is coming when people are not going to listen to sound and wholesome teaching. And instead, they're going to follow their own desires, and they're going to look for teachers who will teach them whatever their itching ears want to hear. The Bible says they'll reject the truth and chase after myths. But then in verse 5, Paul says, listen, Timothy, here's what you do. You keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. And instead, work at telling others the good news. That's the gospel of Jesus. It's good news, you guys. It's news that's worth sharing. He said, fully carry out the ministry that God has given you. It's good news. And if you know Jesus, you have that inside of you. We are taught over and over in the word of God, how God speaks to his people. We see how Jesus uh, handled the, the, uh, the devil when he was tempted in the wilderness. He quoted scripture to him. And we know that God says, I have so much more for you. If you'll simply follow my word, lean into it. So as you guys move into the next a section of study with me this week at MomStrong International, I want to encourage you, stop and ask the Lord for his eyes. Stop and say, Lord, I need your ears, your eyes. Open the eyes of my heart. It's so important to know how God feels about the things that we struggle with and the things that our families and neighbors are struggling with as well. There is a way to deal with a the culture. There is a way to interact that is both loving and truthful. And in 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 1 to 14, King Solomon asked for a discerning spirit so that he could govern well, and also so that he would know the difference between right and wrong. And we need that same discernment, but we also need a teachable spirit that's willing to take the whole counsel of God's word as truth, even when it's culturally painful. A discerning Christian is going to resist worldly interpretations of scripture, we talked about this on Monday. We're not going to be fighting about whose version, if we if you use the NIV or the NLT or the NASB, we're going to resist worldly interpretations and we're going to defend our resistance with gentleness and reverence. You see, the Bible teaches us that we can bring people to the truth, but we can't bring them into it. They have to make peace with God and call on his name. 
We want to show them the truth so that they understand that the cost of grace was high. And our call as believers is to stand firm, to know why we're standing firm, and to speak up wisely in a way that represents the Savior well. And so men and women, here's good news. We don't stand firm because we've got all the answers uh, to all manner of the situations and the sins that we're confronted with every day in our lives. We stand firm because we know that God is our foundation and he is stable and immovable. He's stable and immovable. And so this week at MomStrong International, we're going to talk a little bit about how God feels about life. You see, God's word offers answers to every situation that you're facing in your life right now every situation. And we want you to study those situations with us so that we can learn how to rightly divide the word of truth. It's a fantastic study over at MomStrong International. I just want to encourage you, God is not silent on the issues we're facing. He's not silent on the issues of of abortion or adultery or euthanasia or gay marriage or parenting or the authority of parents. God's word is relevant. And it takes only a very short study in the Word of God to find out what God thinks about the struggles that you're facing right now. So I want to encourage you, like I always do, go back to the Word of God. This is one of my favorite studies ever at MomStrong International because it's so clear in God's Word that He has not only discernment for us, but reasoning that also comes from His Word as well. And in Romans 1 verses 18 to 32, Paul is going to speak very directly regarding what happens when we refuse to listen to God's admonition. And this passage is a deep one, but it should strike our hearts with reverence and examination in each one of our lives. It's particularly important to bring your older children who are walking on the fence about the cultural uh, things that we're studying in the, in, that we're seeing in the world today and make them aware. We all need to be aware that at some point of rebellion, God will let us jump into the ditch that we've dug. So we want to be listening to and studying and be aware of the Word of God. I want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast today. It encourages us so much to hear from you. If you've got a question or you want to reach out to us, please do so at podcast at thebusymom.com. If you haven't yet joined us at MomStrong International, I want to encourage you to do that. We have churches all over uh, the country and in fact, around the world who have become a part of the MomStrong International community. You can get a group license for your church and you can study God's word with us every single month. Uh, MomStrong International is a members only network and it's It's been designed to equip you for the job that only you can do, which is to train your children to hear God's voice and to walk in the truth no matter where the culture is heading. We believe that God wants you to be strong in the Lord, to know who you are in Christ, and then to impart that strength and that knowledge and that identity to the next generation, which is watching and learning from us. So we love you guys. We're praying for you. If you'd like to reach out to us and support this podcast financially, we'd be thrilled. I'll link back to that in the show notes today. And you can also send us snail mail by getting a hold of uh, the Busy Mom Podcast Care of Firmly Planted Family at uh, 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I'll see you back here on Friday with my friend, author and speaker, Ruth Schwank. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.